It's Royce Lewis Day. Oh, and I guess it's Memorial Day too. Let's celebrate together. This is Locked On Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, what do you say? Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. And of course, it is Memorial Day, so we thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come hang out with us. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. And of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, please feel free to hang out in the comments and give us a five-star review wherever you're listening and or watching. If you have questions you'd like answered as part of the Voice of the Fan segment in the seventh inning stretch, send them to me via Twitter, DMs, however, at LockedOnTwins and Brandon underscore Warren. And don't forget to check out the Locked On Twins Breathless Post Game Minutes ASAP after each game on YouTube. It's under the shorts header. It will be a minute or less every single time. Now, before we get started, we do have to talk about eBay Motors, who are the sponsor of today's show. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. That's the same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit only, available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. And if you're watching me on YouTube again, I keep checking, make sure my microphone is on. We've had a few snafus there, but we are rocking and rolling today. Twins play the Astros at Minute Maid Park this afternoon, Monday, 3.10 p.m. It's going to be Sonny Gray looking to continue his wonderful start to the season against J.P. France. And if you're not a big Astros fan, you may not recognize any of the starters in this series. We'll break down each of them here a little later in the show. You can catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search for Twins. And as I've noted before, in my wife's car, all you do is you select MLB play-by-play, and you can listen to whatever team's broadcast you want. Super easy to find if you have SiriusXM in your vehicle as well. All right, we're into the opener. It's Royce Lewis Day. What's better than that? It is, I believe, a nearly or right around an, an exact year since he last played. And he is back. He is batting fifth for the Twins, playing third base. Actually, we have the lineups handy if people are interested, and hopefully they are. Sonny Gray on the bump, 4-0, uh, buck 82 ERA, and the lineup is as such. Joey Gallo at first, Edouard Julien back in there at second, Carlos Correa in his return to Houston. Not his first return, but just a return. Batting third and playing short, Alex Kirloff in there at DH, which means Byron Buxton has a day off. Royce Lewis, as noted, batting fifth, playing third. Max Kepler also back in there, right field batting sixth. Ryan Jeffers will do the catching today, batting seventh. Batting eighth, Willie Castro shifts from center to left. After yesterday's debacle in center, which we'll talk about as well. And then rounding it out, Michael A. Taylor in center. So a little bit of roster movement here. Even despite the fact that Matt Walner has been on fire, he is sent back to AAA St. Paul with Kyle Garlick. That's the roster movement to make room for Max Kepler off the 10-day IL and Royce Lewis off the 60. 
to make 40 man space, Nick Gordon is um, headed to the 60 day IL with his tibia fracture. Probably doesn't really change the timeline for him. 60 days is a couple months. And if you break a bone in your, your leg like that, you can probably expect to miss about two months. Uh, Emilio Pagan leaving the game early with a hip flexor strain on Sunday. Still unclear if he's going to go on the IL. No roster move has been announced, but speculation by a couple different places thinks seem to suggest that it might be tough to avoid the IL. If that's the case, actually, haven't really looked at this yet to see who the Twins might bring up because pitching-wise, the 40-man is a little bit chewed up with injuries and that sort of thing. Brent Hedrick has been working as a starter so if you were to look to the roster, Ronnie Enriquez might be an option. Josh Winder might be an option. I could see Simeon Woods-Richardson, otherwise Jordan Balazovich. Um, but those are kind of the guys that are on the 40 right now. I really doubt they're going to make any room to add somebody else. So we'll see what happens. But there's some interesting pitching down at AAA St. Paul. So Twins have options there if that is the path they end up going down. Um just for a little bit of fun, and actually it's not all that fun. Twins on Memorial Day last year lost 7-5 to five to the Detroit Tigers at Comerica Park on May 30th. And what a difference a year makes. Let's just go down that lineup. Luis Arise led off and played second. Kyle Garlick played left and batted second, so I would assume they faced a lefty. Uh, Bo Brisky. I actually don't know off the top of my head. Nope. So Kyle Garlick batting second against a righty. That is excessively surprising. Jorge Polanco at short, Gary Sanchez catching, Trevor Larnick in right, Gio Urshela at third, Jose Miranda at first, Nick Gordon in center, and Ryan Jeffers at DH. Byron Buxton pinch hits for him late in the game and strikes out. That's, you know, a lot of different names. Gary Sanchez actually just DFA'd by the Mets here. Over the last few days, hit a homer in the game, as did Urshela and Miranda. But for a, for a what a difference a year makes standpoint, this is how the Twins went pitching-wise in this one. Dylan Bundy lasted six innings, gave up nine hits, four earned. Joe Smith came in, took the loss in two-thirds of an inning, and then Trevor McGill finished it out. So none of those guys still on the Twins. And in fact, Trevor McGill is actually in the big leagues with the Brewers. And I'm a little surprised his name hasn't come up with how often Twins fans seem to like to lament players who got away. Um, in five games, he has a, allowed just two earned runs in five and two-thirds, 10 strikeouts, only one walk. Now, with that said, he's not exactly worked the highest leverage spots, but if he continues to pitch well, I think there's a chance he could continue to move right along. But we'll see. But Trevor McGill, the only one who even lasted into this season, with the twins we're getting ready for the astros series starting monday afternoon sunny gray and jp france joe ryan and brandon belak in tuesday's game and then the finale is louis varland against hunter brown twins faced hunter brown earlier this season and uh far as i recall he stymied them quite a bit uh young hard-throwing righty and so far this season, 312 ERA, 5 and 1. 
18 walks, 66 strikeouts in 57 and two-thirds innings. Coming into the season, he was a top 50 prospect at MLB uh, Pipeline, Baseball Prospectus, and Baseball America actually had him number 28. So again, big arm, righty, throws the heck out of the ball. He faced the Twins in his second start this season. It was a 5-1 win for the Astros, seven strikeouts, a couple of walks, and it was on the heels of a tough start against Detroit. So really nice bounce back for him. And since then, he's been very, very good. A 2.72 ERA, 658 OPS against, and 61 strikeouts in 53 innings. So a lot of unknowns in terms of Houston pitching. Uh, primary reason there is because they have three guys on the injured list. Luis Garcia had Tommy John surgery. Just about a week, well, almost two weeks ago, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Lance McCullers, I hate to say it, but same as it ever was on the injured list with an elbow issue. And then Jose Urquidy has been on the injured list for about a month with shoulder discomfort. Also, too, Twins will not see Michael Brantley, who is still recovering from shoulder surgery. And I honestly think that's the problematic shoulder that he injured at Target Field, gosh, must be five years ago now. Um, you know, he's played good baseball at times since then, but I think that has really bothered him. Um, Astros closer to full speed offensively with Jose Altuve back batting leadoff, uh, typically against righties. They will lead him off today. Altuve is leading off Pena second, um, at short. Jordan Alvarez, who has had an incredible season DHing, Alex Bregman at third, Kyle Tucker in right. Jose Abreu, who just broke through for his first home run over the weekend, will play first. Jake Myers in center, Mauricio Dubon in left, and Martin Maldonado rounding it out at catcher. So let's take a quick look here at your Astros in May. Kind of give you a feel for, you know, who's coming in hot, who's coming in cold for these Astros as um now, the Twins don't see the Astros all that much. Astros 31 and 21, two games out of first place behind the um, amazingly uh, fast-starting Texas Rangers. Really good to see, you know, teams that have, have struggled the last few years starting to make some headway in uh, in other divisions. Don't want to see it in the Central, but the Twins with just a one-game lead over the Tigers is, um, you know, it's tenuous at best. Really, the big bats for the Astros in May are not terribly surprising. Jordan Alvarez with a 1,094 OPS and eight home runs. Altuve's been great in the seven games since he's been back, 1,044 OPS. But nobody else is over 800. Team as a whole hitting 247, averaging, let's see, 106 runs total in I don't have the number of games pulled up, about 20-something. So, anyway, the offense has been so-so pitching-wise, 309 ERA this month, but the Twins will miss Framber Valdez and Christian Javier, the team's top two guys in innings pitched this month. But Hunter Brown, Brandon Belak, and J.P. France all have sub-four ERAs this month. Belak has a 1-5-4 whip. So the base runners have been a bit of an issue. Belak and France have both given up home runs. And as we know, Minute Maid Park can be pretty accommodating for opposing batters. Let's take a quick second to talk about Built Bars. And let me tell you, I just 
recently got my first shipment, but I had bought some at Sam's Club, as we say in the ad, uh, Sam's Club, Walmart. I got the Built Bar Puffs, and they were absolutely fantastic. I, I, I'm going to get to a point, too, where I think those might be just my mid-morning snack every single day because not only are they healthy, but they're they're just absolutely delicious. So if you're looking for a delicious snack but do not want all the sugar and calories, this is literally the best tasting protein bar ever, ever. I'm not kidding you. I've tried a lot of different ones, but this is it. So if you want to make better snack choices and don't want to compromise on taste, these are it. Built Bars, Built Puffs. There are also, they try not to laugh, but they're actually called Built Balls, which are two balls with uh, like a butter, peanut, a nut butter in the middle. Healthy, taste amazing, and the bars themselves are coated in 100% real dark chocolate. So it's chocolate. I mean, how could you go wrong? Um, flavors like churro, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. I think I have some raspberry over here. Um, lots of fun stuff. And uh, it's a, it tastes like a candy bar, but it's good for macros if you're counting those or kind of trying to figure out your dietary stuff. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein. So you can either go to Walmart, Sam's, or order them online at built.com. All right. So thanks again for making us your first listen every day. If you're an everydayer, make sure to check back tomorrow. We'll wrap up. What we hope is the Twins win on Monday. Twins are playing the Astros at Minute Maid Park or Enron Field if you're an old person like me. Again, 3.10 p.m. first pitch Monday. Sonny Gray versus J.P. France. Catch every pitch of the Twins' hometown broadcast with Corey and Danny with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you have to do is search Twins. So we're into the bullpen. Second segment every day is the bullpen, and it's not necessarily a pleasant place to be with how the Twins fared against the Blue Jays, dropping two of three and a lot of painful moments along the way. My contention is that this team, well, when you look at base runs, and so basically it's just giving you a feel for, it's kind of like Pythagorean record. It's how you should fare based on some of your peripheral secondary statistics. 31 and 21 going into yesterday. If that was the record, they would be running away with the central. But if, um, you know, ifs and buts, you know, the whole whole saying there. Um, this is a good team that makes a lot of really poor decisions and poor, um, poorly timed errors. You know, Willie Castro overrunning a baseball in center in yesterday's game, giving up a pivotal run. Not that it mattered that much in a game they scored zero runs, but a 2-0 deficit versus a 3-0 deficit late, to me, is an immense difference. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Edward Julien made a huge base running mistake on Sunday with old friend Jose Barrios on the ropes. It was actually uh, quite early in the game. I'm going to pull it up here just to make sure that uh, it was, yeah, it was bottom of the first. So nobody out. Gallo rolls a single into right. Julian walks on six pitches. Carlos Correa rolls a single to right. Now I'm not sure if the hold at third with Joey Gallo was especially conservative for a, a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, you know, he's still dealing with the hamstring thing, so they're not going to push it hard. Also, two, um, four, five, six, still coming up, zero outs, really no reason to push it. Um, they got Barrios on the ropes, and so the throw comes in, and Julian's read was sound in the sense that where the throw went, 
taking that base would make sense. However, when third base is occupied, um, it makes a lot less sense, to put it simply. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and he, you know, gets thrown out, kind of stops between the bases for some reason, which I didn't really understand. And then uh, Byron Buxton strikes out swinging. Kirilov hits a liner to first that Vladdy Jr. catches diving. And that was pretty much the extent of the offense. Um, <clears throat> Twins next, uh, I believe, eight batters go down. And really, they don't um, don't really threaten again until the fifth. I get a couple guys on, and Julianne grounds out on the first pitch. He sees Julianne takes a three-pitch strikeout late in the game that, um, you know, really can't happen. Uh, just, you know, they had Barrios on the ropes. Barrios did not look all that great early, but settled into a groove. Um, ERA down to 3.86. He's starting to look a lot more like the Barrios that Twins fans had grown used to, although with five walks, that is decidedly uncharacteristic for him. But um, Twins strike out 14 times, only one for four with runners in scoring position, which, again, underscores the issue that there were only four plate appearances and that only hit was Correa in the first inning when Julian got thrown out. So over three, the rest of the way, three at bats or plate appearances with runners in scoring position, not going to cut it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me again. I'm sorry about that. Uh, and then the first game Friday, um, Alex Kirilov has a rough plate appearance so Twins lose 3-0 Sunday, 3-1 Friday, sandwiched in between what you would, I guess, call an offensive outburst, 9-7 on Saturday. But, um, you know, Twins make a great defensive play in the top of the first inning. Um, double play that went 6-3-4-5 uh, I think. I'm trying to piece it together here. Uh, but anyway, Correa starts just an absolutely phenomenal double play doubling, um, getting George Springer out after getting the first out of the inning. Um, just an absolutely heads up, beautiful, wonderful play. Um, then Donovan Solano opens the bottom half with the single Carlos Correa walks and then Byron Buxton hits a fly out. Um, you know, he's, he's in a bit of a funk too, but then Alex Kirilov goes up 2-0 and against Kevin Gaussman, you know, he's got good stuff. He's got great stuff. In fact, my contention in that first inning was that his stuff was almost moving too much. It seemed like he didn't have a good grasp of where anything was going. Um, Kirilov swings through a 2-0 slider, which, again, 2-0, you're expecting a fastball. But, you know, he didn't get it. He got a slider that – it was a backfoot slider that almost hit him. Um, falls off a split and then swings at a split low in the zone. Um, basically, despite getting up 2-0, Gaussman had him in the palm of his hand with a back foot slider. And then the split placed where that was is pretty much um, looks like a fastball but drops out of the strike zone. And in all, Kirilov saw one strike, strikes out swinging, um, you know, hands it over to Kyle Farmer who strikes out swinging and not only strikes out swinging but um, three straight pitches. And three straight fastballs all in the strike zone. Uh, and then from that point on, Twins offense again, stunningly silent the rest of the way. Uh, Twins offense is not playing well enough to let these opportunities go by the wayside. Uh, teams with offenses that are going well 
can't do that, let alone teams that are, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, going the way this team is. Now, with that said, Saturday's game, I mean, offensively it was good. Pitching-wise was a little uneven. The Twins got to Chris Bassett, which was surprising because he'd been absolutely fabulous for the last month or so beforehand. But uh, Jorge Lopez has been in a tailspin, didn't allow an earned run through the end of April and now has an 8, I think it's an 8-10 ERA in May. So he's eager to see May uh, come to a close. But Brock Stewart comes to the rescue, strikes out, um, gets the strikeout to end the game on Brandon Belt looking on a fastball that uh, 99 miles per hour, I think it rounded to 100 on uh, Statcaster Baseball Savant. But certainly a dicey inning there as the Twins win 9-7. Came into the inning, though, up 9-4. So a couple of insurance runs there. Edward Julien with a homer to left. Uh, Willie Castro with a homer to center. Uh, Matt Walner with a huge game. And then back-to-back plays where Dalton Varsho uh, got an assist on a couple of homers. Uh, it was a tough day for Dalton Varsho, but then he um, he paid it back in the ninth inning with a homer. Um, so... Varshall giveth and Varshall taketh. But uh, yeah, uh, 9-7 win again, still too shaky for my taste with uh, how good I think this Twins team is or should be. Is is probably a little bit too strong of a word, but should be based on talent and that sort of thing. So yeah, that Blue Jays series, certainly frustrating. Blue Jays came in having won just two of their last 11, but you could hardly tell based on how they handled the Twins. All right, we're back. It's the seventh inning stretch, the home stretch. We'll have the voice of the fan. We'll answer and find out, or we'll answer questions and find out how you, the fan, are uh, is or are feeling about the Twins moving forward here. Uh, again, Twins Astros, Minute Maid Park, three o'clock, uh, three ten, first pitch here on Monday. It's Sonny Gray looking to prolong his wonderful sub two ERA start to the season against JP France. You can catch every pitch of the Twins Hometown Broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Twins. And also, too, be on the lookout if you are listening to the game on SiriusXM on that channel. You may hear an ad of me telling you to listen to this show, which you're already listening to this show, and I appreciate that. But let's uh, let's come down the home stretch here with some comments from our good friends on Twitter. Jake McKay says, starting pitching has been good enough to be well over 500, but the lineup has been a massive disappointment. Buxton and Korea need to do better. Every team has injuries, and the Twins need to overcome them. It starts with your team leaders. And, yeah, we noted a while back that the Twins, one through three in their order for the season, had the lowest batting average across all MLB, and that's where it has to start. Your offense, you know, that's your igniters, that's your um, – those are supposed to be your best hitters. And to this point, it has just been a real bust. You know, they've had some guys come through lower in the order, but it's, um, you know, everything Jake says here is true. Uh, Mark Savard says they're clearly talented, but also play very dumb. It's frustrating as hell. <laughs> Check the words out of my mouth, honestly. It's a good team that, that makes way too many inexplicable mistakes. As we said, base runs 31 and 21. Pythagorean record, which if you are unfamiliar is basically run scored, runs against, and then they normalize for what your record quote unquote should be um, 31 and 22. So four games off that pace, 
which would give the Twins a five-game lead in the division, which is certainly a lot more comfortable than a single game. Um, Josh, Raman Josh, says, really like Royce back, but hard to get gassed up until they show they can put together a couple wins in a row. Still going to torture himself by watching every game, though. Uh, right there with you, Josh. Um, yeah, I'm eager to see what Royce Lewis has to offer. And if he's in that five spot, it does kind of help them bridge the gap between the top and middle and end of the order. But, you know, until the top starts clicking, it's really hard to feel, like Josh says, too great about the rest of the order. <clears throat> Sorry, I keep coughing here. Um, H. Wally Squared says his original May estimate was 15 and 12. If they go 13 and 14 with how they've been playing, I will be more than pleased considering the issues at hand. Yeah, I mean... With how they've played technically, this is, you know, people say this would be a last place team in the AL East. And honestly, that's that's not lost on, um, that's not, that shouldn't be lost on anyone. Uh, Crimson Gopher says two thirds of the team, the starters in the bullpen are league average or much better and performing as expected or better. The offense simply needs to average 4.5 runs a game to go 88 and 74, win the division and make the postseason. Just don't suck offensively. B average. So I actually looked this up. They're averaging almost exactly four and a half runs per game. I think the bigger issue is that it's um, <laughs> it's two runs one game and seven runs the next. And the game where you score two runs, you needed three. You needed four. And then the game where you score seven, you, know, you win that game. But that's only enough to win every other game, which is basically the case to this point. But uh, yeah, a much more consistent offense, let alone a, a good one in general, would go uh, an immense way to this team being not only run away the best team in the division, but one of the contenders in the AL. Josiah Walders, Waldner, um, friend of the program, says he wishes we could have kept Matt Walner on the roster. Uh, tend to agree, but at the same time, not much can be done unless they send out Willie Castro and they need that extra body for the infield with Nick Gordon sidelined. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. The twins have a lot of chess pieces to move here now with Jorge Polanco eventually coming back, in which case I think you'll probably see Castro go back to the minor, or sorry, not Castro, Edward Julien. You know, it'd be nice if Julian could play somewhere other than second. And again, as we've said, people want to know why Julian isn't playing more position. It's, positions is because he can't handle um, even the one that he's been playing to this point. So he'll probably get sent out for Polanco. Hopefully that's in the semi near future. Not that we don't want to see more of Julian, but just that, um, you know, it's, it's going to be either him or Castro and it doesn't make any sense for it to be uh, to be Castro, especially with how he's been swinging in addition to his versatility. Um. Alan Hess says he's glad the Twins are somehow still in first place. It's been a long time since it's been this much fun to watch our starting pitchers, but he's starting to wonder about the hitting coach. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know the relationship to how much the hitting coach matters with how the players are performing. But again, it gets kind of the um, scapegoat treatment one way or the other, and you can't fire all the hitters. So sometimes it's easy enough to just fire the hitting coach. I don't think the Twins are in that mode or in that um, area yet or will get there anytime soon. But, again, when the approaches are this bad, I get the questioning. I get the second guessing because it, it's definitely deserved. 
Um, Curtis West says he's pretty frustrated with the poor offense and not sure the recent transactions will help. Time will tell, but if this team doesn't find a spark soon, they'll be looking up at the Tigers, Guardians, and White Sox by the All-Star break. Um, I'm not saying they won't fall out of first place at some point, but I just don't see those teams on the same level. I just think over the long haul, a lot of these things will iron themselves out and the Twins should be just fine. But I also understand fans have heard me say that the last two years, and it hasn't been fine. But this talent level to me on this team is so vastly better than the rest of the division that I just, I don't see any way they don't win this division and hopefully running away. Uh, a couple more here. We've got um, Jacob says, frustrated at this team. If the offense was not a complete disaster, they'd be up five or six games in the division. They're lucky they're in the central. Uh, really hard to argue with that point because, uh, <laughs> you know, if they were um, if they were in the East, they'd be in last place. Granted, the East is a gauntlet. It's very, very difficult, but you can only play who's on your schedule. And then uh, our friend Mark, we'll, we'll end on this one. The players need to produce, there's no question. Still feel that a huge part of the lack of success is the organization's philosophy, lack of fundamentals, or basics, cliches exist for a reason, biased or not. He has no faith in the front office or Rocco. 2019 was in spite of them, not because of. Uh, I'd, I'd ask Mark to show his work on that last part because um, that's that's a pretty bold statement to me. I mean, Rocco didn't miss the grounder in center yesterday. That was brutal. And for what? Springer had checked in at second base. There was no need to rush that play whatsoever. Springer ends up scoring. It's a huge insurance run. And against Jordan Romano late, you know, Eric Swanson late, really doesn't matter. Those guys are going to carve you up. So um, I agree that they need to produce, but I'm not sure about the rest of that. Anyway, that's a wrap for this edition of Locked on Twins. Thanks for taking time out of your Memorial Day to hang out with us. We'll see what happens with the Twins here Monday afternoon. If you're an everyday or check back later, we'll talk about this first game. Knock on wood. A Memorial Day victory for your twins, but follow us at Locked on Twins at Brandon underscore Warren. Subscribe, like, give us a five star rating, whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Otherwise, though, um, Mrs. Van Warren signing off saying, don't forget to stop by tomorrow and have a freaking Memorial Day.